Welcome to the Women with Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. It is Thursday, so you are with Michelle and Sarah. Hey, welcome. Hey, you guys. So on Thursdays, it is our quest day where we talk about your quest. And if you don't know what a quest is, well, you need to go back and listen to episode 48. It is going to give you all of the details. And Sarah and I have some exciting news we want to tell you. Guess what? Do you know that Sarah lives in Louisiana right now and I live in California? Do you guys know that? It's kind of the worst, (laughs) but not for long. Sarah is moving to Arizona. We're going to be half the year, the same time zone. What in the world is that about? It's crazy. I'm like, Michelle, you're going to be how many hours away from me? Five? Maybe five. Good. She's going to go to Mesa, right? Mesa, Mesa, here we come. We We love Arizona. So one of the things that we wanted to tell you about is that we can now tell you that we are coming to SALT LDS Retreat. For women, we are speaking, speaking together. We're speaking about the quest, and we think you should come. We want to hang out with you. Hugs. I just want (laughs) to hug. I don't want to talk to you anymore on the podcast. I just want to hug you. (laughs) So if you want to come hang out with us, it is in Salt Lake City, September 14th, and you can use um, either Michelle 10 or Sarah 10. They'll both get you $10 off your ticket. So just pick who you like more, and then at least we'll know. Just That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. Now they now they don't know who to choose. <laughs> now, they, now they feel like they're voting. Put them both in. Maybe you'll get twenty bucks off. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, we would love to have you come. I'm excited about that. So um, we want to start out by reading someone's review because we want you guys to review our podcast so that we can get seen more and share our quest more with you kind of people that we love. So Emily Orton says, Sarah and Michelle are the real deal. If you feel you were made for more, but you're not sure how to get there, follow their fire. They will show you the way because they've been there and they are there. They're doing the marriage, family, work, faith, dance every day. Every episode, they stoke the fire to strengthen ourselves or crush our goals in one of these essential aspects of a meaningful life. Thank you, Emily. She's the best. And, and spoiler, people, she's actually going to be interviewed. Like, you're going to hear her interview next week. <laughs> it is. Spoiler. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Emily. You're the best. Yep. She is the best. So today we're talking about faith and whether you should choose to do it or not. I mean, it's a choice, right? <laughs> well, look, this came for a reason. This came from a reason because I was talking with someone who is dear to my heart and who is one of our questers, who is full-blown questing it out there. And she asked this question that I thought was so brilliant. She said, you know, sometimes I just wonder, like, good stuff happens to good people, good stuff happens to bad people, good stuff, bad stuff happens to good people, and bad stuff happens to bad people. What is the point? of being on the good side. And it really got my heart going. And we've been talking a lot about it and thinking a lot about what that means. And the thing is, she's right. 
in Matthew 5.45, it talks about this. It says, he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So the reality is, what's the point? What's the point of being good, right? There's no point. There's no point. (laughs) (laughs) Just jump off the ship. There's no point. (laughs) It's a valid question. (laughs) It's a valid question. (laughs) So we want to, you know, I came from a family of lawyers. So we want to build the case for faith. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because there's a real reason. Come on, you guys. You know this. There's a there real is. reason. And the, let me tell you what the answer is not. The answer is not to hover in the middle of mediocrity. Okay. I can, I can hear you people. I can hear you saying, every time I hear like our leaders talking from the pulpit, you hear about these really hard things that they have experienced. And I have had these same thoughts to be like, well, maybe I'll just hang out in the middle as far as righteousness and faith and maybe that middle zone, maybe less crazy stuff will happen to me that's really, really hard. Okay, that is not the answer either because you are full of fire and full of purpose. So make the case, Michelle. What's the reason for faith? Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons for faith. (laughs) And the first one, I was reading in the Bible dictionary um, today, which is kind of funny right? It is. It was, yeah. it was I don't think I can ever say that. I asked my friend, um, a question and she said, you know what you should do is you need to read on, about faith in the Bible dictionary. And I was like, yes, I do. So I was reading it and then we're doing this podcast. So the reality is, is that we're all going to face hard times. It says it in Matthew five we're all going to face hard times. And so that's not the choice. We're not choosing between having a hard time and not having a hard time. We're choosing between having faith or not because hard times are going to happen. Good times are going to happen, whether you're good or bad. They're just going to happen because that is what life is all about. But this is why we're choosing faith, okay? This is in the Bible dictionary under faith. I am on the edge of my seat. Are you ready? This is exciting. You know it's from the Bible dictionary, so it's got to be some. Okay. True faith always moves its possessor to some kind of physical and mental action. It carries an assurance of the fulfillment of the things hoped for. A lack of faith leads one to despair, which comes because of iniquity. (laughs) It's a little damning. It's fine. So, um, so what I love about this, because you know, I love action. And I think that a lot of times, one of the things that gets us down when we're going through hard times is that we get paralyzed um, because we don't want to choose faith. And, and I'm not even saying that you can't feel the weight of it because Sarah and I have both been through like hard times where it's like where you cannot breathe. It's just like, oh, you know, it's just heavy. And I'm not saying pretend like that stuff isn't real and like it's not happening, but you can always choose faith. You can always choose faith. And the reason why you want to choose faith is because it, it moves you to action and it gives you light during the hard times. Um, we've been talking about the brother of Jared a long t- a lot lately. If you haven't listened to that episode, you should go back it's a couple back. But um, we were talking about the brother of Jared and how he, if you don't know, he builds the barges and he's like, Hey, how am I going to make these light? Right. How am I going to put light in them? 
and he creates these stones. The Lord says, figure it out. So he makes the stones and he goes and the Lord touches the stones and now they're light. And he's making these barges and they're tight like unto a dish. I can't tell you how many times I could, I haven't counted, but it says that they were tight like unto a dish. Okay. So he's making these barges and putting all his people, all of his things into these barges to go across to the promised land. Okay. How is he going to get to the promised land? Once he's in those barges, if he just had those barges and no wind and no storm and nothing, those barges will probably just sit there and float on the water. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't just float, right? They had the winds continually before them. So this is an ether six. Um, and it says, and it came to pass that when, not if, when they were buried in the deep, there was no water that could hurt them. Their vessels being tight, like unto a dish. And also they were tight, like unto the ark of Noah. Therefore, when they were encompassed about by many waters, they did cry unto the Lord, and he did bring them forth again upon the top of the waters. Verse 8, and it came to pass that the wind did never cease to blow towards the promised land while they were upon the waters, and, they, and thus they were driven forth before the wind. And thus they were driven forth, and no monster of the sea could break them, neither whale that could mar them, and they did have light continually, whether it was above the water or under the water. I'm going to read that part again. And they did have light continually, whether it was above the water or under the water. And this is the power of faith to me is that it doesn't really matter what we're going through because the reality is, is we're all going through something hard right now. And there are different, you know, varying degrees of hard, but it does not matter whether we're floating on top of the mount of the water and the wind's just like nicely, gently pushing us along. Or if we're under, we can have light no matter what, and we can be safe from the monsters of the sea. They could not break them. The whales could not mar them. And that is what the faith is, is the light. It's the light and it's the assurance that God's going to be with us. And it has to be, it's not just faith in something, it's faith in Christ. Faith in Christ's power to overcome, faith in Christ's power to heal, and faith in Christ's power to make it right and to make you better and, and to get you through the hard time. I love the brother of Jared this way. Oh, my word. And I really have never noticed that whole above the water or under the water thing. I just think, gosh, no wonder we're supposed to read the scriptures over and over and over because <laughs> brilliant things like this come out. And I have to say, I've got to give the brother of Jarrett some credit. Sorry, Nephi, you're coming up, I'm sure. But <laughs> always, <laughs> always. <laughs> but one of the things I love and that I'm realizing is all of this preparation with the light and the whole tight unto a dish thing were far before the wind and the water came. And even though I know because of when Christ was on the earth and his experience with water, that the Lord could rescue us from the water, in the water, if we didn't have the faith to, to prepare beforehand. The better plan is always to have the faith stored up prior, instead of out of desperation, trying to reach through the water and reach, reach to the Savior while we're drowning. There is security and light and, and a safer, smoother ride if that is done in preparation before the water and the wind come. So brilliant on the brother of Jared. Totally, totally brilliant. And we've kind of talked about this, that um, there have been like hard things in our lives or we've had people in our lives where they are going through hard times and you're like, how are they even handling this? Like, how are they 
shouldering this? How are they have the strength to do this? And when you talk to them, I mean, um, it's amazing that all of them say, you know, I just feel peace. I, I, it's, this is hard and I have to go through it, you know, but I know that I'm not alone and it's the miracle of the atonement is what it is in real, in action. And that is why we choose faith because it's choosing to not have to bear our burdens alone. It's choosing to let Christ make them light upon our backs so that we can carry them. And so I think that is the number one reason we say to choose faith because there's happiness there. And there really is. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Michelle, going <laughs> off script for a minute. <laughs> Bring it. So I love how you say choosing faith. And I think that this is one of your gifts. Your you do not have a false optimism. You have a deep down, like, I know the Lord is going to take care of me optimism. Okay. I, there's a difference, I think, in that. And that is one of your gifts. So when you say choosing faith, like the brother of Jared, what does choosing faith look like to you? I will tell you. <laughs> Good. And this is on the spot, but I'm like, this is a gift of yours. So share your wisdom. How are you choosing faith? Um, I think that choosing faith comes in, um, a lot in how you think about things. Okay. Faith is not worrying, right? Faith is not worrying at all. <laughs> and, um, so we're going through something right now that, I mean, it's funny. I wasn't even going to talk about this cause who knows what's going to happen. But, um, right now we, so, oh my word. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. Buckle up, friends. Rabbit hole. <laughs> Rabbit hole. It's a good one. <laughs> so two, <clears throat> two weeks ago, so we live in California. We are not looking to buy a house. We were not looking to buy a house. Um, but two weeks ago, we were driving down the street, and there's a house for sale just up the street, like just two doors down from my in-laws. And Marvelous uh, in-laws. Wonderful. I love them. I love them. Enough to say we should live by them. Closer. Than 11 houses where we live now. So my, um, Robbie was, my husband was like, you should just get out and go through it. So I walked through the house and I was like, oh, that's good. You know, it's good. It's bigger. The backyard's bigger. I think it would better serve our family anyway, but I walked through, I didn't think about it. But as I walked home, I was like, uh, that might be our house. <laughs> and I, had, and I, we weren't looking for a house or whatever. And so I called my realtor friend and I was like, is this even an option? She said, yeah, if you get your house ready to sell by Wednesday, and this was on a Saturday. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like on the market, pictures and everything, clean and everything, painted and everything. Um, and so we felt good about it and we went forward. And this is two weeks later, okay? I have not sold the house yet, okay? Um, I've not sold our house. We have been accepted on the house above us, but we have to sell our house to do it. So I've had moments of doubt. Okay. I, but I keep going and I'm going to tell you when I'm in those moments, nothing happens. I feel bad. I don't want to keep going. And do you know what gets me out of it? I will tell you is doing something toward my end goal. So if that means that I have to clean out some of my closets, then that's what I start doing. Um, and so this is kind of, this has been a test of faith, right? We have the clock is ticking. We have like maybe 12 days to get an offer or something. And this is on the, like, I have to put it on the Lord and say, if this is what we're supposed to do, then this is, a, this is the Lord's going to have to pull, pull out a miracle. Cause I've done what I can do. 
And I think, so for me, that's choosing faith. I understand the consequence. Like I understand that this could go either way, but I have to have faith in my promptings. I have to have faith that I can act towards something and I have to have faith enough to control my thoughts to not go into that deep despair. Because like it says in the Bible dictionary, if you do not have faith, then it leads you to despair. But faith always moves its possessor to some kind of physical and mental action. How is that, Sarah? On the spot. <laughs> I'm like blown away. We should never script again. Let's just turn it over to Michelle. <laughs> I think it's brilliant and it mirrors the brother of Jared. It's like, did he even ask about the wind? I don't think that that's an ether. He didn't even ask about it. He just said, I'm going to make these tight into like a dish and I'm going to make sure that there's light. And he just continually was working towards that and then put it on the sea. And that's what he did. And so, and I have seen you through this house, house process doing that over and over and over. And I'm the one that, you know, voxers you every day. Are you nervous about it? Are you worried? <laughs> so I'm like being that real great motivating voice, but it's good. It's so good that you have been able to stay out of that funk. And it's like we had with Michelle Lenard in our um, interview that worrying just causes you to be paralyzed. It makes you an irritated spouse. It makes you real short with your kids. At least it does me. This is my confessional, people. Um, when I'm a worrier, I just don't, I turn very self-centered and I get snippy and just, ugh, it's just not myself. But if we can turn into problem solvers, which is exactly what Michelle is talking about here, that is you choosing faith. Work towards the end goal, assuming the Lord's going to make it happen. Let's just take a little break because we want to give you access to our most requested bonus episodes straight to your inbox. We have never shared these episodes before digitally. Michelle's famous talk, God is speaking to you. Do you hear him? And guess what? You also get Sarah's crucial talk called Satan is at the White. I'm just telling you, these are very good. <laughs> they are huge resources to give you a vision and confidence in making decisions with the Lord, which is what we're trying to do, right? Grab the bonus episodes now at thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Now back to the podcast. This is good. This is good. So, so we've got to keep going. Like why yeah. faith, Michelle? We've got a second one. Pretty cool. Yes. And it is that. <laughs> it makes you happier. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And it lets in the light during hard times, right? Um, I'm going to tell you another story. Can I tell you another story? Or do you want to tell the other go. story? Go. <laughs> you go. So this is nothing to do with the house, but actually has a lot to do with the house. Just kidding. So about a year ago, less than a year ago, um, my husband and I and a couple of friends, we went on a date to Hollywood. We went to Hollywood and we, um, 
we went on one of the Hollywood tours because why not? Right. So, so what they did is we got into this, like this big van with open windows and open top or whatever. And we were driving up the hills of like Beverly Hills and going through all of the places where all of the famous people are. And, um, the bet, like we, it was just super funny because <laughs> they'd be like, this is where Mark Anthony and JLo, they got married, right? I think, so. I think so. Why yeah. do you think I would know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Details are not my thing. Anyway, and it's like, this is where they got married. The wedding was beautiful. And, um, and then they're like, unfortunately, that wedding did not, did not last. And then they go, and this is where Michael Jackson died. And this is where this, this guy overdosed. And this is where this guy attempted suicide. It like was the most, ins- it was comical because it was so terrible, right? Where you're like, so um, does anyone still live with their, with their family? No? Okay. Anyway, so it was very, it was just very funny, but it was very eye-opening that if we have a driving force of faith, even during hard times, we can find happiness, right? We can, we can ha- find happiness. We can cling to our marriage. We can, we can follow things in faith. Absolutely. And this second step of saying, you know, we're making the case for faith that it increases happiness. You, you would think, you know, if, if you're sitting in a home that you feel is too small for your family right now, which is a reality for many, you may think that the million dollar home up in Hollywood would bring more happiness, right? More space is going to bring more happiness. Or you may think that, um, uh, getting married or um, having children or a different job or a different schedule or whatever it may be is going to bring increased happiness. And the reality is many of those things may increase forms of happiness in your life because this is so individual, right? On what brings happiness and peace into your life. And we're, we're not going to touch that because that's you and the Lord. You figure that out. But the interesting thing is, is I think it's pretty obvious to say that we are watching the world trying to gain happiness one dollar at a time and just sacrificing everything that we find to be holy and pure and and solid they'll sacrifice it all for fame for fortune um for the spotlight you know all those kinds of things and that's what makes it so comical when you're in the hills of hollywood to be experiencing this saying wait a minute, isn't this someone who probably had people to help them watch their kids all day and put them in the, bre- the best schools? And this is someone where money wasn't ever an issue and that they only have to work or they don't have to work if they don't want to. And, oh, they could travel all they want. You see all these exotic vacations. But wait, do they have this increased happiness? And let me bring it home with something that is familiar to you in case you're not one of those people that lives on the hills in Hollywood. Okay. And if you do, we love you. There's no, I, <laughs> truth, truth. <laughs> but the reality is the whole concept of pruning is pretty prominent in the scriptures. I think we're all familiar with that. And Jacob five pruning, that's what it's all about. But there are two things I have learned about pruning that have helped me understand where, where maybe the world has lost it a little bit, and maybe something that we can do in our own homes to increase our happiness, therefore choosing faith. The first is one of the principles of pruning is that the whole point of it 
is that you cut things away to increase light for the plant. Okay. You want to increase the amount of light for that plant. And in I didn't order know to- that, Sarah. My mom told me. Your mom's a genius. She's a genius. And she loves to prune. She loves to prune. <laughs> and I when the minute she said it, she was talking about it, not in, even in a spiritual sense. She was talking about a neighbor that came and helped her prune and how he was teaching her a couple of things, even though she's a pro pruner, about how to better increase the light with these bushes in her front yard. And she said it. And I just wrote it down immediately. And I'm like, yes, faith increasing happiness. Here it is. So I think we all know that we've been studying and come follow me, the rich man. That's what we've been talking about past little while about how the rich man approaches the savior and says, how do I gain eternal life? And the savior says, you need to give all your kingdom to know me basically is what he says. Okay. And we can reference those scriptures later, but the savior is saying you have to give everything up and And it's hard for the rich man. And I think that we can ache for that rich man, that it is hard to give things up that we feel give us comfort or that give us value or status or ease or whatever it may be. But the Lord's command is that we are to give all that we have to know him. And it's hard for him. And this to me is symbolic of the pruning that we want in order to increase light, things need to be pruned. Now, Michelle and I are your biggest cheerleaders as far as doing quests, getting out there, influencing, um, really making your mark on the world. And you may be like, what are you talking about? You're asking me to do more by questing and all these kinds of things. But this is where it comes down to you and the Lord and receiving that amazing revelation that you are learning how to receive to find out what needs to be pruned to increase light. And it's personal. It's personal to you on what needs to be pruned. It's different for me than it is for you. Okay, so we're all about pruning now, okay? The second principle of pruning is just this. You can't cut too much or it will kill the tree. This came courtesy of Brooke Snow. So thanks, Brooke. Thanks, Mom. The pruning experts, they're so great. But if you cut too much from the bush or from the tree, it will kill the tree. So this is where you get to stand with confidence with you and the Lord and that amazing revelation to be mindful and confident about what needs to be pruned in your life to increase light. How can you be mindful and confident? You talk with the Lord about it and you say, I can't cut everything. I can't just sit and read my scriptures all day. That is not what we're being asked to do. We are being asked to figure this out. We need to maximize the ability to gain light. And we also need to make sure we are a beautiful representation of what the Lord's women are. Oh, I love it, Sarah. Prune the heck out of it. Yes. <laughs> Increase happiness and light. It's a good goal. I love it. All right. Should we do number three? Let's number do three. It. All right. The third one is that it increases our perspective. Faith increases our perspective. Okay. So this goes back to everything. If we have faith in Jesus Christ, we know he is, we know he atoned for us. We know that he's mindful of us, that we have a plan, that there's a bigger purpose. Then we have faith that it makes the trial, the hard thing different because not, it's no longer a punishment and it's more a way 
a vehicle to get closer to Christ if we choose. We get to choose, right? And so, so when, we, when we have faith in our trials and in our hard times, then we can see better. And Sarah, you have a very good analogy. When I say see better, tell me about that. Ooh, love this. And I've got to give credit to Elder Matthias Held of the 70 from General Conference. His talk, Seeking Knowledge by the Spirit, is amazing. And he gives us an analogy you will never forget. It is so good. So what he, I love this because he talks about the importance of seeing. And he talks about learning how to make decisions and how does this relate to perspectives? So he says, we learned, he's talking about him and his wife, we learned that in addition to our rational minds, another dimension to gaining knowledge can give us guidance and understanding. So in the beginning part of his talk, he really makes a case for the importance of, in order to increase faith and understanding, we need to study it. We need to learn it from experts. We need to read books about it. We need to listen to podcasts about it. We need to be really academically going after these things. And then he says there is another dimension to gaining knowledge that can give us guidance and understanding. It is the still and soft voice of his Holy Spirit. And here's the analogy. I like to compare this principle with our visual capacity. Our Father in Heaven has given us not only one, but two physical eyes. We can see adequately with only one eye, but the second eye provides us with another perspective. When both perspectives are put together in our brains, they produce a three-dimensional image of our surroundings. When these two perspectives are then combined in our souls, one complete picture shows the reality of things as they truly are. In fact, through the additional perspective of the Holy Ghost, certain, quote, realities, unquote, as pictured exclusively through our mental understanding, can be exposed as deceiving or plainly wrong. Remember the words of Moroni, by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things, close quote. And here is where I just want to cheer this amazing 70 on. This is so wonderful because recently on social media, there has been a really hot topic that is very personal and dear to me. And as I have been listening to threads and watching this and, and dare I say, commenting and trying to throw in my own perspective, I was reading through this talk and I was realizing that the comments we're not looking from both eyes. Now that you know the analogy, they were taking very rational approaches or they were not looking at fact or data and they were just throwing opinion out there. And we could all be better, myself included, because I got in on that commentary and I was not speaking from both. And it was such a great experience to look at every single comment and say, how would this change if we had a balance of rationality and then the Holy Spirit coming in as we approach this topic? So if you are someone who is um, battling in your mind with, you know, what's the place of, of the proclamation in our world today? What's the, what, what is it? Because rationally, oh, I could go all over and just say, nope, this isn't true anymore. And this isn't, and this doesn't make sense and all this stuff. Or you can approach it spiritually and say, oh, this came from God. And I believe that, but put them together. And there is the magic. 
there is the confidence, there is the mindfulness, and there is the faith that's going to increase your perspective and is going to give you that faith that when the waters come, you're there and you're ready. And guess what? You'll also be able to understand other people way better. So cool, Michelle. My heart's on fire. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny, but not funny that you use the family proclamation to the world because in this, while you were talking, I remembered what um, talk this was. In, the, in his talk, he actually had some visuals. Like, you know how sometimes they, they put up some video during the talk? Do you know what so I'm talking this about? This is the talk right after him. Which was it? Incredible. Yes, because it's Elder Anderson. It is the talk. Literally, you turn the page in the enzyme and it's Elder Anderson right after him. So didn't he do the one where they had like the dimensional image and it was like line by line? Was that Elder Anderson? It's Elder Anderson right after him. Oh my goodness. Well, that is a genius. It's right? making sense. I know. I know. The brethren are on to something here. They're on to something. Okay. So let's talk about that because in Elder Anderson's <laughs> talk, not not the 70s talk, but he, they hold up a picture, right? Of the, um, of looking at, it's like a piece of art, right? And you yes. can't tell what it is until you get the full picture. There's and all these it, blocks suspended yeah. and it just looks like a mess. Just like yes. a mess. And then you get, and then you, it shifts, you get an increased perspective and you see that it's an eye, but then he does, they do that with the proclamation to the family. And, um, and they're, our minds and our spirits are connected, <laughs> right? And if we can tap into both of them and, and then infuse it with faith and with increased personal revelation, that's where the power is, right? That's where we get the whole perspective because we're allowing Christ to teach us. If we rely just on our rational mind, it's saying we know better, we know right, we don't need anymore. Okay. But if you approach the Lord and you say, this is what I see, help me see better. Help me see more. Give me faith to understand. Give me faith to know what next. Give me faith to make this, make myself have peace. Give me peace because we are, I don't think we're entitled to the answers to every question right now. <laughs> I don't think I am. And I think that's okay. But there is, um, there is a de BYU devotional. Ugh. It's called um, Primary and Secondary Questions. Do you know which one that is? It is so good. We will link it. It is so good. And he talks about how there are, there are just a few primary questions. And it's like, is the church true? Is Joseph Smith, Book of Mormon, Savior Jesus Christ, and God? Those are the things. There are a million secondary questions. And we can get hung up there in that atmosphere, but we should not. We should not. We should cling to the answers of the primary questions. And that is where we have faith. And what you're saying is exactly the perfect closing to this. Because those, those primary questions, if we are waiting for all the secondary questions to come and be brought to us, you're missing the faith. You're not choosing faith. I hope that's not like too bold or too snotty to say. But if that's what you're waiting for, to be happy or to believe or to share your testimony, you're not choosing faith. And therefore, you're missing out on light and happiness and perspective that can really elevate your life and the life 
of those, the lives of those that you influence. So faith, have we made the case people? Just say yes. Just choose (laughs) faith. Come on. You want to be happy. (laughs) I love it. I think this is just one of the coolest topics. And my heart goes out to some of you who have experienced you feel like victories are coming to those who aren't making right choices and that you're being forgotten when you feel like you're checking all the boxes and just know you're not alone. We felt it. We're with you. You're in great company, like we like to say, of warriors for the Savior Jesus Christ who are there choosing faith because they want happiness, light, perspective, and they are prepared for those hard times ahead. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Thursday podcast. It's been a great one. Um, Just a teeny tiny reminder. We would love to see you at SALT. It's at September 14th in Salt Lake City. We would love for you to be there to squeeze you and talk all about your amazing quests. Thanks again so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.